Gab, a couple of weeks ago, you were in Western Canada to drive a very popular uh, Subaru model here uh, in Quebec, but also in Ontario. It's the uh, Subaru Crosstrek, the uh, very compact crossover at Subaru. And uh, it's pretty much stayed the same for for the last years, and now it's got a couple of uh, a couple of uh, new things on it, and not too many. Uh, yeah. I saw the pictures, <laughs> uh, you know, Subaru. I, I I loved your title. I mean, <laughs> the more the more it changes, the more it stays the same. It's pretty much what it is. However, uh, you got the chance to get behind yeah. the wheel and and see how how it fared. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, the the Crosstrek is the number one bestseller for Subaru in Canada. Yeah. Since their number one model. Uh, it's been like that for a couple of years. Uh, before it used to be the Forester, but now it's the Crosstrek. And <clears throat> what they're presenting today with the 2024 model, they're saying it's the all new third generation Crosstrek, <laughs> which it is. You know, it, yeah. it's, it is a third generation vehicle. But in terms of its uh, dimensions and footprint, it is exactly the same as the outgoing model. Now, You and I know that every time you go to the launch of a new generation of a new vehicle, it's always bigger. You know, it's always longer, wider, taller, roomier than the outgoing model. Yes. Not this time. (laughs) (laughs) The footprint of the uh, 2024 uh, Crosstrek is exactly the same as uh, the outgoing model. And even, even with that, every body panel on the car is brand new. <laughs> oh, even what? Yeah, yeah, okay. So there's no no carryover piece parts, okay. you know, from the previous uh, generation. It still looks it's, the same a little bit. They yeah, kind of well, emulated yeah, the look. Obviously, <laughs> you know, every Subaru looks like a Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one brand yeah, yeah. out there, one automotive brand. Yeah, that doesn't, who, it's not too creative with design. <laughs> who really needs a top flight automotive designer. <laughs> It's Subaru. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, the cars are good. Yeah, they're practical. They're this, they're that. They're reliable and all that yeah. stuff. Recognizable. But they're, but they're not sexy in any way, shape or form. <laughs> so there you go. But nevertheless, the uh, the Crosstrek, the changes, you know, basically you get a, a bigger grill, new headlights. Like I said, every body panel is new on the car, new taillights, obviously. And um, the chassis is about 10% stiffer. Okay. And the engines are strictly carryover. <laughs> it was the first time, I think in many years, that I went to the presentation of a new vehicle and not a word was spo- said about the engines. <laughs> because, oh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> because it's the same, same as before. So basically, you get the two liter four cylinder engine or the 2.5 liter uh-huh. four cylinder engine. On. There's four trim levels for, for this car. This yeah. is what's called the convenience, which is the base model. And then you move up to... Uh, the other model, the top two trims are the Onyx and the Limited, and those get the uh, 2.5 liter engine. One thing that happened, uh, two changes with regards to the drivetrain, they've dropped the manual gearbox. That's no longer available. You used to be able to get a Crosstrek, a base Crosstrek with a two liter engine Beautiful. with a manual gearbox. Yeah. No, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Forget well, it. So it's basically fuel efficiency, yeah, right? So. CVT all, everywhere. And uh, the other thing that they dropped from their lineup is the Hybrid. Uh, oh, the plug-in the, hybrid. The, the plug-in yeah, hybrid yeah, yeah. Crosstrek. They've dropped that completely from the lineup. They're not bringing that back. It wasn't very efficient anyways. It wasn't right? very efficient. And also, you know, now Subaru is relying very much on the, the Solterra to be their, oh my God. their eco-mobility yes. vehicle and things like that. Yeah. So all, the Solterra, of course, being the all-electric uh, small SUV. Yeah. 
So that's <clears throat> with regards to the. So basically, fuel economy is exactly the same as before. Uh, the 2.5 liter is, uh, I would think, the better choice uh, for this car because the two liter is kind of a little bit low on power and torque. If you're doing stuff like passing on a two lane highway or things like that, right? The 2.5 is, is a bit peppier, and also you know it only I think it's 0.1 liters per hundred kilometers more in fuel consumption it's, it's like meaningless you know, mm-hmm. they basically uh, consume the same amount of fuel um, so that would be the the the, the one to get um, they've changed a couple of things with regards to the dynamics of the vehicle first of all the steering rack has been lifted from the WRX so it's faster it's more precise makes the car a little bit more lively okay and also the chassis the they've they've um, improve the uh, torsional rigidity by about 10%. Okay. And so that, in terms of the suspension, that allowed them to soften the damping a little bit. The spring rates are the same, suspension geometry is the same, just the damping is a little bit softer. And, you know, the Crosstrek was always this vehicle that was really, really, uh, a really great ride on our bumpy Canadian roads, especially in winter, <laughs> you know, suspensions with a lot of wheel travel, uh, 220 millimeters of ground clearance. And so this new one is even better that way. Right. You know, it rides much better, rides much smoother. Um, and it's it, it has no problem also doing what we call soft roading. You know, we went off-road on, on some trails and the vehicle... It's uh, but it's not a, a Jeep Wrangler. It's not a Ford Bronco, <laughs> but it can still handle some, you know, mild off-roading. Right, and that's really what well. Subaru owners want to know that they can do. That. Exactly. No, no, no. Plus, you get the all-wheel drive system, and it's got the X mode, so you've got the modes for mud and snow and, and right. things like that. So, yeah, the vehicle is really, really capable. Mm-hmm. You know, for a small. Uh, for that, for, for that category, for that, yeah, yeah. exactly. Biggest changes inside. Uh, Touchscreen, uh, 11.6 inches, straight out of the Outback in the WRX um, on every trim except the base model. The base model called Convenience that has dual 7-inch screens. But <clears throat> everything else gets that 11.6 touchscreen, which is pretty good. And you get Apple CarPlay and Android Auto wirelessly mm-hmm. in a Crosstrek. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And also a charging pad for your uh, induction charging pad for your cell phone. Yep. So. And for that, you know, it's basically the same as it was before, only better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's good. That's yeah. you so, know, that's what the the cross track owners are looking for. I guess. But uh, it's going to have some stiffer competition because you know the the new Kona is coming on stream. Yeah, and that's a bigger vehicle than before. So is you know, are Subaru owners still going to be satisfied with this cross track, which is not bigger than before it's yeah. actually the exact same size so again so if you're used to uh, parking your cross track in tight spaces you won't have any trouble with the <laughs> new one because it's exactly <laughs> the same <laughs> Good. another key consideration with the cross track is the fact that you know the, the as with pretty much everything these days uh, the pricing has gone up you know the pricing has gone up uh, sometimes rather significantly Uh, Subaru says, well, you know, that's because we have more equipment in our cars now. For example, in certain trims, you get the standard sunroof and things like that. But nevertheless, uh, the, 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 the price range uh, has, uh, has increased uh, and sometimes uh, rather significantly. So to give you an example with regards to pricing, you know, the base model now is $28,995. Dollars and the top trim, which is called the limited, and it's got, it's got leather seats right. and things like that. 
36,995. Okay, now, that's a big leap. Yeah, now we're talking about a small, again, a compact SUV yeah. at 36 grand plus. So there you go. The t- I think the most popular model will be the Onyx. Yep. And the Onyx retails for $33,995. So that would be, in my estimation, the one to buy because you get you know, the, all the good stuff that you want, like the, the bigger 2.5 liter engine, um, uh, the, the large touchscreen, uh, in, in, in the cabin, things like that. But you don't get leather seats, which you don't really need for a, a vehicle of this, uh, yeah. of this caliber. For my part, uh, I was out in um, North Carolina to drive the very expansive and expensive uh, GLE, Mercedes-Benz GLE uh, lineup for 2024. Uh, like you said earlier, a couple of my minor changes, uh, not an all new model, obviously, but still a lot of choice. I mean, the GLE is kind of the jack of all trade of 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 this, uh, you know, the uh, uh, luxury uh, mid size uh, vehicles. It's got uh, plenty of trims. Uh, GLE three fifty, four fifty, the uh, GLE fifty three, which is starts with the AMG, uh, the, the the first AMG model, and the sixty three. S uh, plus or uh, formatic plus, which is the the top, and plus you get the body style, well, you get regular the, SUVs oh or the God. coupe. I was gonna say <laughs> regular SUV coupe for the AMG models, and also this year um, we don't get them yet, and hopefully we'll get them. But you get the PHEV models, yeah. which on the GLE lineup available in the US. But when I spoke to Mercedes Benz Canada, they said not quite at launch. We don't know when exactly. It would make sense for us uh, to be able to. Um, Get the PHEVs, but if you look at the lineup, like I said, it's you know like what's what's what. I mean, there's there's so many choices. I think uh, people in the segment, you know, uh, uh, they're really looking for, uh, uh, you know, pick from from everything, and then that's Mercedes is ready to give it all. Uh, unfortunately, during the drive, there wasn't the entry model at uh, the GLE 350 that mm-hmm. was there, which is a you know an important model. It's it's still the entry level at seventy five thousand dollars for 2023, 2024 pricing is not out yet. Uh, but still, uh, the um, the uh, the newest um, model because it gets uh, the MHEV technology, like we spoke before. Uh, the, um, the the 450 and the AMG models uh, all, all all had mild hybrid systems, but the 350 didn't. That's a two-liter uh, four-cylinder engine. Now outputs 295 horsepower. It's up about 22 or 25 horsepower, I think, from 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 before, thanks to the uh, the uh, MHEV, uh, the the hybrid uh, system, which now Mercedes prides itself. You know, with the the full uh, GLE lineup is now hybrid because of the AMGVs. Now so electrified. Now, now, <laughs> now electrified. But it still brings more power, uh, a little bit more more uh, more guts to this entry level model, which is you know the 350 was the four cylinder turbocharged engine. I mean, it wasn't the best engine to have in that big truck. Uh, my tester, I drove the 450, which is the the uh, the six cylinder. Um, you know, they took us on several different roads. I mean. Uh, before the test drive, I mean, the um, uh, they explained to us all the, 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 the what's new on the vehicles, except for the BHEV models and cosmetic changes, and you know, little software tweaks here and there. There's not much new uh, on the GLE, uh, however, uh, and except for that MHEV technology on the 350, of course. Um, 
driving a mid-size SUV, luxury mid-size SUV on roads that they took us, which was, you know, I think it was like the tail of the dragon <laughs> type kind of road uh, out in uh, Asheville. And uh, it's, you know, heavy vehicles, a lot of technologies to control body roll, like the you know they use the, the forty eight volt system, not yeah, for only the active roll bars, for, for like not that. only for for mm. for hybrid, uh, you know, to to give more mm. power, but also to activate the active roll bar to be able to get that truck to not roll around when you're driving uh, spiritedly, but uh, you still feel the weight. Mm. Obviously, it's 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 a big vehicle, very spacious, very comfortable. Obviously, um, uh, the infotainment system is you know a uh, super clear not it's easy to use but there's so many functions in there that you know one could get lost if 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 you're not you know used to all this uh, this the new mbox system that you can speak to actually uh, say hey mercedes uh you know lower the temperature hey mercedes to do this and do that it's not something that i really test when i when i when i drive these vehicles uh, but something that maybe if you get your hands full and and if the vehicle is full of of of, of uh, <laughs> your children and family and whatnot and everybody's you you don't want to you know fiddle around with with the, with the infotainment system, it could get useful. Uh, the more fun variants, uh, the 53 and 63 as very glad that in the 63, uh, the AMG 63, the uh, V8 is still around. Uh, that's something that's kind of being faded out in the uh, in the industry. And then, um, is it useful? Uh, to buy a 63S. I don't know exactly the, the new pricing for the 2024, but it's going to be really expensive. I mean, if you're looking at a midsize SUV, it's usually, you know, what kind of, what kind of people, what kind of uh, buyer is it? Is it a family that's looking for efficiency, space, and luxury? Or is it someone that's looking for something big and makes a lot of noise? Then, you know, for the latter, I would <laughs> definitely recommend looking at the 63. But then again, there's so much choice, you know, in, 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 in that price range. I mean, yeah, I expected think, price I, I think range. I think the way to go with the GLE is either the 450 yeah. or the 53 AMG. Mm. I think those that's the... That's Which where is pretty you much be. the same engine. Yeah. It's just, just tweaked for AMG on the, on the 53. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that would be the, you know, the the, the soft target. Yeah, right I mean, there. the AMG fifty three. I mean, it all depends on the new pricing. Yeah, I, I'd have to check what the new pricing is because you're paying for that engine, and then it's kind of tuned to be to, to have AMG power. Uh, depending on the pricing, look at the pricing. Maybe stick for the four fifty and fill it up with, with everything you need in it. Mm. I mean, it's a sufficient, it's sufficiently powerful that, that six cylinder engine. Um, it's, you know, there's not much to say about the GLE. Honestly, it's, it, it's got a third row option. You know, it, it's not made for, you know, very tall people as it is with, you know, in that, in that segment does not, you know, you're looking for, you're expecting a lot of comfort in all rows. And then in that row, well, you, it's not really the case. And obviously the fact that, you know, it's it, the PHEV models are not in Canada yet at launch. But all in all, in the end, I find that you can, there's so much choice in that segment. And I think the GLE is trying to do like so much. And, you know, it kind of lacks a little bit of personality. It's, you know, you, you see them all lined up. They're all the same. They're all, you know, maybe the grill in the front on the AMG models is different and the wheels and stuff. But it's, you know, if you're looking for, for versatility and luxury, right? But personality and that price range, you're going to get a lot. You know, So that's what I think about the new 2024 GLE. Hopefully the PHEV models will make it to Canada because that's pretty interesting. And otherwise, we'll get the pricing soon on uh, the car guide. 
Uh, Gab, tonight I'm leaving uh, for Italy to go drive the Alfa, Alfa Romeo Tonale. Arrivederci. Uh, thank you. Or the, uh, the, the Dodge Hornet, <laughs> depending on, on, on how you see it. But uh, Alfa Romeo Tonale, there's uh, obviously, we've been talking a lot about uh, a plug-in hybrid today. And uh, uh, the Tonale is going to have the, uh, the PHEV uh, to be able to, uh, for us to test. So we're going to see how it fares uh, for, uh, you know, against the competition, but also how it differs. Uh, from the, the Hornet, which is people think it's exactly the same thing. When you look at them, they don't look exactly the same. Hopefully, uh, the driving dynamics have been tweaked, yeah, but it's the same. Pretty much, <laughs> hopefully, <not>. very hopeful. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll we'll, get, we'll be able to get you. I'll be able to get you the uh, the full uh, full impressions and take on on this Tonale. And uh, following uh, that event, it's going to be the Vinfast VF8 second drive. I know you drove that vehicle briefly, <laughs> very briefly for about ten minutes in Vietnam. Uh, very pre 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 production vehicle. Now yeah. the vehicles are making their way to North America and they're organizing a drive for us to be able to put our hands on them and, and, and you know, give them a good, honest uh, shot. And uh, I've never driven, obviously, a VinFast. They, they just came out. So I'm really excited to see what this uh, brand has to offer. So I'll be able to report on that. And you're heading to Europe as well uh, yeah. next week. Yeah, going to Brussels, uh, going to the Audi Brussels plant. That's where they manufacture what is now known as the Audi Q8 e-tron and the SQ8 e-tron. So this is uh, Audi's uh, electric uh, SUV. It used to be called the e-tron Quattro, but they've changed the uh, nomenclature, the the model designation, um, because now from now on, uh, all the Audi cars will be designated with the letter A, all the SUVs still with the letter Q. Yep. But the number, uh, the... Uh, even numbers are going to designate electric vehicles, and the odd numbers are going to dis- uh, wow. designate. Uh, I didn't know that gasoline powered okay. cars. So there's going to be a huge change, you know, in the lineup. Okay, uh, we already have the Q4 e-tron, and now the bigger. Uh, vehicle is going to be known as the Q8 uh, e-tron, but that also means that later on down the line, a car like the A4, gasoline powered. It's going to now be called the A5, (laughs) (laughs) which makes so. (laughs) So, and there's already an existing A5 model. So for the next couple of years, there's going to be a bit of a uh, a a mixed bag, if you will, of uh, of model designations. But as it is now with everybody, but it's going to straighten itself out. And so we're going to go see this this plant where they build these uh, all electric vehicles, and also get to drive the Q8 again. Uh, which is going to be fun uh, over in uh, in Brussels, and hopefully we'll get to eat mussels and fries. Cool. I, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Wish it. Yeah, of course, of course. So we'll be able to report back on those drives uh, in a couple of weeks uh, for the next episode of the Car Guide podcast. Thank you for listening again. Uh, follow us on uh, on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, and you can uh, keep all the um, the uh, uh, keep your eye on the website for all the information pricing uh, on everything we talked about today uh, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks thank you very much Cap take care and so long thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto as well as weekly reviews and drives You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.